So sweet to just experience God's presence, isn't it? There is nothing like the presence of Jesus. Nothing like the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives. Nothing like a relationship with God, right? We've been talking for uh, several weeks now uh, on relationships. We've been in a series on relationships. And last week, started to talk about our relationship with money. Kind of joked around a little bit uh, about, you know, when we think about relationships, we always think about person-to-person relationship. But we have other relationships, don't we? And we certainly have a relationship with money, whether we... Whether we like to or not, we just have it. It's part of our story, and it's part of our responsibility, part of our stewardship story. It's part of the sacred space of our life. Uh, our finances are not just sacred when we put into an offering. Uh, it's, it's part of what we steward. We steward, our, we steward our bodies. We steward our time. We have a relationship with time. We'll be talking about that uh, in a f- couple weeks, a few weeks. But I want to talk to you, I want to keep going. Last week we started talking about uh, relation, our relationship with money, and um, I want to continue that. And we've got kind of a century, uh, centered scripture that we're sticking to out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So let's, I'm going to read this again to go over it with us because we're just pulling out pieces. Remember last week, if you were here, um, we started to talk about uh, kind of a checklist of Uh, paying attention to our relationship with money, and uh, we'll get into that in a second, but we're bringing it all out of this scripture. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 6 through 15, this is what it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for your obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace. Everyone say surpassing grace. One more time, surpassing grace. The surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The gift of having a relationship with God. And part of our relationship with God is how we relate to the resources that he blesses us with, pours into our life, and then how we do around sharing those things. Now, we talked about 
10 checkpoints that I wanted to go over, and here they were. We started in last week. Check your health, check your past, check your mindset, check your heart, check your attitude, check your register, check your flow, check the math, check yourself, and check your God. We're going to cover them all, but we won't finish all of these yet today. Last week we talked about just as kind of a reminder, and if you missed last week, I just encourage you to check it out because all of this stuff kind of connects together. But last week we talked about checking our health, checking our financial health, and just reminded you, most of you probably already know, that you are not an owner of anything, we're just caretakers. We pass through this earth for we have so many years, we're given so many resources during that time, and we are caretakers of that. And that is a blessing, and that is a a grace and a goodness, and there comes a responsibility with it. And for, I think, for Americans in general, uh, you know, for our culture, to whom much is given, much is called for. So we just need to check our health. We need, it's important that we take responsibility. We talked about having honest reflection around our finances. Then we talked about checking our past, because the reality of it is, if you remember last week when we talked about it, that there is... No bigger kind of um, impact on our approach to our resources and our finances than our past. For some of us, most of us, it's our childhood, but maybe people mentored you or different systems you were a part of. That all goes into how we approach our finances. So it's important that we look back on our past, and there's good, bad, and ugly in it. You can count on it for all of us. Nobody had a perfect kind of mentoring when it came to finances. So it's important to look back on your past because it's a good evaluator of what might need to change today to become more healthy. And you do that by learning from the good, the bad, and the ugly and paying attention to it. And no no disrespect to anyone that ever taught you anything on it. It's just like some of it was wrong and some of it was really good. And it's good to solidify the things that were good and let go of the things or maybe change the things not so good. And then check your mindset we talked about last week. And there's kind of two different mindsets when we approach uh, finances and we approach it, first of all, as people of faith or not even as people of faith. There's either, either have an abundant mindset or you have a scarcity mindset. A, bu- a scarcity mindset is a mindset that essentially just says there's just so much So if you get blessed, if you get taken care of somehow, that's just less for me to have. It's a scarcity mindset. And it affects the way that we look at it. I would say that God wants us to approach our resources with an abundant mindset. And Claire mentioned such a powerful, powerful verse of Scripture that's true, not only about people raising from the dead, but also about our finances. And that is simply with man and women, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And that is an abundant view of life, that God can do miracles for any of us with anything in our lives. And certainly our finances and resources are part of that. So we talked about, this is the last thing about last week, we talked about that the moment there's this whole issue in this scripture where it says, um, you know, those that sow abundantly will reap abundantly, right? Um, It's the principle of the moment that you and I give, what we do is we literally create a vacuum of opportunity for God to move into that space. And it can move in in so many different ways. And I love the scripture that Sam read out of Mark. I love, did you notice, that uh, the the woman with the uh, issue of blood, part of what Mark pays attention to is how much it had cost her. Not just physically, but how much going to see doctors had cost her. 
So God doesn't need to, like, drop a million dollars into your bank account. God can work in your finances in ways that are, they seem disconnected, but they're very connected, right? In the Old Testament, you might remember that when the Israelites were walking across the desert for 40 years, and, you know, it was a long journey, right? At one point, the scripture references that their sandals were not wearing out. That, how many would like to have sandals that lasted 40 years and still looked cool at the end of 40 years? Some of us, including me, I have some shoes that have lasted maybe 40 years. Maybe not so cool, but they're still lasting. And I thank God for that. I don't know if it's the same thing as it talks about. But we're going to start here with checking our heart. And I sent you guys home last week and just said, check your desire when it comes to money. Let me ask you a question as we start. And and this is in reference to verse 7 in this passage. Each should give what you have decided in your heart to give. I love that. Have you even thought about what's in your heart to give? Have you paid any time and attention around it? Have you dreamed about it? If you had no financial limitations, what is your desire to do good on the earth? If you had no financial limitations, if money wasn't of issue, but if you needed money, you could have as much as you wanted, what would your desire to do good on the earth be? What would that look like? That is paying attention to giving what is decided in your heart. See, when we talk about our heart here, when Paul's talking about our heart, he's talking about not only our desires, but he's also talking about our passions. What are you passionate about? You know, as a church, Crossroads Church, we've been passionate about some very definite things over the years. Uh, Some things, sometimes your passions change and shift, but at its core, those things stay similar for the most part, right? So there's things we've been very passionate about from day one. And then there's opportunities that come, and there's opportunities that come in your life. What are you passionate about? What, like, maybe bothers you? And if you had more resources, you would love to give more into that or maybe help hire somebody or whatever it might be. What is your desire? One of the things that we've done uh, since really the beginning of Crossroads is uh, we've had a desire as a community of faith, you being part of this community over the last 30 years have had kind of uh, a connected desire. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have some of the desires. We talk about some of the things we do around here, and we rejoice over the things that happen with the people that we partner with around the world and in the region and in the community. But I had the pleasure, Claire and I had the pleasure of talking with Pastor Carlo Thomas this week. If you guys, if you're newer here and you've never heard us talk about Pastor Carlo, we have really been in a relationship with Pastor Carlo and Geraldine Thomas from the beginning of Crossroads Church. And we were just talking about how things are going and we, over the years, we have uh, helped them start. We partner with them. Uh, we're, we're not like in charge. We're partners. We're like brothers and sisters with our friends in Haiti, right? And um, There's been churches started over the years. There's churches throughout the country of Haiti that we're connected to. There's schools that we're connected to. There's kids that have been educated from the beginning of their education that would have no education at all till the end. And we had this conversation with Pastor Carlo. Things, just to give you a report, things are really rough right now in Haiti. Um, Pastor Carlo has told us it may be one of the roughest moments that he's ever seen. 
Part of that is because of COVID, a lot of distress and a lot of difficulty around that. Desperation is high. Of course, there's a deep lack of medical care. But at the same time, God has continued to do amazing things in Haiti, even through the last 15 months, and we were talking about it. It's very dangerous in Haiti right now. Gangs, you can pray that, uh, that the gang activity would uh, subside and that God would do a work. But anyway, it, if we could scroll back to the first picture. So we had this conversation with Carlo, and there's amazing things that have been going on. So some of you are very familiar with this, some of you not so much. All of us are going to learn some new things. So one of the things that's happening, you see this uh, front right here. Um, that wall that is built is huge. On the back side, you see a roof. That was a roof that a bunch of people from our church built. You guys paid for that roof a few years back. That was a huge, that's actually the church roof, the auditorium area. And then the school, there's a school on the back side that's connected to that. That wall that's there may not seem like a big deal to you, but it offers incredible security in Haiti. That is like an area of safety. So anyway, that wall, we began to build the last time we were there and began to pay for it, and we've added some money along the way to help out. But one of the cool things that's been happening, and we've been praying for this, is there's other churches from other parts of the country that are now starting to help out, and they help build that wall. We paid for that gate. You see that gate? That is just awesome. And on the right-hand side, you'll notice it says kindergarten, right? I can't, I'm not even going to try to say what that says. It's French, uh, Creole, but what it, what it really says is they are calling this Gearlene's Kindergarten. They are going to call, for the first time, we're going to have a kindergarten. We've had first grade through graduation. For the first time, we're having a kindergarten. And Gearlene's name, she doesn't know this. I hope she's not watching this morning. As Carlo was going to tell her. But Gearlene's kindergarten. How awesome is that? This fall, there's going to be Gearlene's kindergarten. Let's hear, hear it for that. So there's been more space. We've built some more rooms in the school and so there'll be Gearlene's kindergarten. And uh, anyway, Carlo's going to be here in the middle of August because this is our 30th year celebration. We said we just don't want to talk about Carlo. We want Carlo to be here. You can pray. We would love for Gearlene to be here. Her health is not good. Um, she has a lot of problems in her, in her legs, in, in particular in one knee. Be praying for her. If she physically can come, she will. But it's looking right now like we're going to have Carlo middle of August, and we're going to celebrate with him and talk about some of these things. But anyway, next slide. So here it is. This is the other side of that wall. This is now this protected courtyard. This is land that the church and the school own. Isn't that awesome? So they, this is some of the folks from the school and from the church, and they're there celebrating. And go ahead to the next slide. They're celebrating the building of the wall. This is the truck that we purchased for them uh, years ago now. About two and a half years ago, the engine blew. Truck's still looking pretty good, isn't it? For being in Haiti especially, they really have taken care of it, but the, tr the engine blew. Uh, you guys have sent a new engine and paid for it to get over there, which is no small thing. Whatever it costs to buy, costs to send. It's got a new engine, it's been installed. And it's looking good. That's awesome. That's good news. And next slide. And then this is Pastor Josue. Josue has been with Carlo from the beginning. 
Josue is wearing one of my favorite suits, um, and he, he is a brother from another mother. He looks better in it than I did. And anyway, I gave, I gave him that suit, and I was so thrilled when I saw it. I thought, man, he's looking good. I wish I were still looking that good. Anyway, but there, there they are. They are dedicating the property and the new school rooms. And next slide. And this is Henry. Henry, when he was a very little boy, basically was out of every option as a little child. And Carlo took Henry. Any of you that have been to Haiti, you know Henry. Henry, Henry was taken in by Carlo and Geraldine as a very little boy, and he is awesome. And he has grown, and he, is, he, is, he went to the school, he went through the school, he loves God deeply, he's now standing in front of people. I remember having a conversation with Henry years ago, and he just said, I'll never be able to do that. And here's Henry today, standing up and celebrating, leading the celebration for really the next generation of what's happening in Haiti. And this is Henry. Henry is now a huge leader in the church and the schools in Haiti that we're partnering with. And yeah, isn't that awesome? And it was possible. Henry's life has literally been not just transformed, but has been saved by the fact that you all have committed your resources and your finances to Haiti over the years. Check your heart. Crossroads Church and Ministries, some of our desires around here were to multiply opportunities and continue to be for salvation, to bring good news to all that are within our field. Everybody has a field. We all have a field, right? We all have a sphere. We all have a a group of people that we relate to. Part of our desire in our heart has been to create opportunities to help people with their humanity, their human dignity, in that they were created in the image and likeness of God to alleviate the burden of lack from folks, to provide resources for the under-resourced, to bless families, to multiply God's deposit in their lives. And we'll talk about that more when we get into the point about checking our math. We're going to talk about multiplying and how do we do that? Well, to break the chains of bondage Jesus said that we should visit those in prison. Prison shows up in a lot of different ways. There's many difficult prisons. There's the prisons of addiction. There's a prison of enslavement and trafficking and victimization and different kinds of bondages. And we have entered in because we're committed to breaking those chains and being a part of that, partnering with God and his work on the earth to assist in bringing opportunities to the under-resourced, to create healthy environments for, for transgenerational whole life wealth transfer. We're going to talk about the difference between wealth and riches at some point. There is a huge difference. One's not bad and the other's not good, but there's a difference. We've partnered with places like the Fountain Clinic to bring medical care and to bring um, to those that are uninsured and underinsured. Listen, folks. As the church, we can sit back and take sides politically and argue about should people get insurance or not insurance, all of that stuff. I'm just telling you this. We have a responsibility to help people, right? I don't, you know, we're the church. We're the church. So we do that. We're going to enter in. If the government, I'm not waiting for the government to do my job. 
as a Christ follower. It's my, it, whatever, I, I hope they do amazing things. But that does not, that will never take the responsibility out of our stewarding over the things that are important to people's lives. We bring food and education and water to Haiti over the years. Now this kindergarten thing is so amazing. Partnering with things like the Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force and the International Justice Mission to help survivors. Sexual Assault Service, Safe Place, Child Advocacy Center. What is your heart's desire? And how are you connecting to that? Food pantry, feeding people that are under-resourced in our region. Not only under-resourced, but to be able to bring hope to them and encourage them and bless them and lay hands on them and pray for them. We can't wait to get back into person with our food pantry. Yeah, we love, that's one of Peggy's huge burdens is let's get, let's get back to that. That requires, that requires resources and effort, but we're going to do this, guys. So... What is it that your heart desire? What, like, brings you alive with your resources? Your resources, your finances are not just about paying consumers' gas bill or whatever company you're using, your propane tank getting filled. It is about that. It is about taking care of your family. It is about making sure that you're, you're tending to that. But what, what beyond that enlivens you? What passions do you have? We want to be a people of passionate desire when it comes to our finances. God will give us the desires of our heart when we begin to align those desires with his intention for the earth. So Claire and I were at, speaking of the Fountain Clinic, we were at a fundraiser a few weeks ago that the Fountain Clinic holds every year. It's their primary fundraiser each year. It's called Night at the Louvre, and a few of the families in the church were there, a few couples in the church were there at the fundraiser, and that was awesome. You guys, Crossroads Church, you are one of the primary sponsors. Crossroads Church is one of the primary sponsors for that event. So... Um, which we think is just an awesome privilege that we can be a sponsor of that kind of event to help those that are uninsured or underinsured in our region, right? Which is a countywide thing. And anyway, yeah, it's awesome. So anyway, in the midst of that, we were talking to another uh, person that's a primary faith leader, not a pastor, but a primary faith leader in another regional church. And we've known this person for years And he spoke to Claire and I separately, but had the same conversation. He said, I'm on a committee. This is basically what the the conversation was. I'm on a committee in our church. Now, this church, um, and this is no disrespect for them in any way, and that's why I'm not going to say what church it is, but this is how it works, folks. This church from the outside would look totally like on point and over-the-top kind of successful in church world eyes, right? Or in your eyes and mine, probably. He came, and and I'm not saying that it doesn't do a lot of amazing things, because I know they do. However, he came to us separately, and he said, I want to know how you guys got involved in causes. He said, I've been at my church for decades. I'm a leader in my church, and we've now got a committee to determine what is our cause. 
He says, I know that our job is to lead people to Christ. I get that. I know that that's at the middle of it, but that is just kind of so generic, isn't it? And he said, we look at Crossroads, and we say, they have a cause. Things matter to them. In other words, they seem to have a heart's desire. Can you help us figure out our cause? In the Old Testament, there's a moment where David is about to fight Goliath. He's visiting with his brothers and the other soldiers of Israel. They're up on a bank, like on a cliff. They're looking down in the valley. They're being taunted by Goliath. And they're just sitting back, enjoying kind of wine and cheese together, because that's what David brought to them, enjoying sweet fellowship. And David's looking down as a little boy, looking down in the valley and seeing Goliath mock the Israelites. And out of his frustration as a young boy, who knows how old, maybe 13, 14 years old, he looks at his brothers and the rest of the Israeli army, the Hebrews, and he says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a passion, a desire for your finances to make a difference? And with that, David goes out into the impossible realm and says, I'm going to make a difference because God didn't create us not to make a difference. God did not create you and I to not make a difference. For us to spend 30 years together, maybe 40, 50 as time goes on, and to not make an impact on this world. And part of the way we do that is with our money. It's part of the way that it comes to pass. But what is the cause? What are you after? What is your heart's desire when it comes to your money? Listen, you and I can't do everything, but we can sure do something. And even though we can't do everything, it means a lot to Henry that 30 years ago, you decided that it meant something, that there was a cause in a place called Haiti, and that we would partner and make friends with people and make a difference. It makes a difference for a person that can't afford medicine with, because of their diabetes and they can go to the Fountain Clinic. And that because you have partnered in some small way, we have partnered, it's made a difference. But I want to challenge us all individually and corporately. Now is not the time for us to faint. Now is the time for us to pay most close attention. How can I steward my money to make a difference for God's kingdom. Because we all know there's causes. We all know there's things we want different. We all know we can help. And as my father-in-law used to say, as Claire reminds us, and we all know that our home is a lot bigger than we think it is. So next week we're going to move into checking our attitude And really, it's a great place to kind of pull this together today. 
is our attitude when it's at its best when it comes to our money is that all things are possible. All things are possible. All things that are meant to be possible for you are possible in God. All things that are meant for me to be possible are possible. It shows up differently for each one of us. And all things are possible for Crossroads Church that God intends for it to be possible. And that's what we want to have, that kind of attitude, that there's always a way for God to do something amazing. At the other end is this learned helplessness that we just kind of sit back and say there's just nothing we can do. That is not the God we serve. With us, yeah, you're right, it's impossible. We should feel helpless. But with God, all things are possible. So God, even now, I pray that you would revive in us just this sense of how important our lives are on this earth, that there are Henrys all over the place. We don't have to go to Haiti to find a Henry, but there are Henrys in our neighborhood. There's Henrys in our family. There's Henrys in this region. And God, whichever Henry is our responsibility to reach as individuals and corporately, we open ourselves up to that. Help us. Help us to know there's a cause. There's a cause for the resources and the life you've given us. And we're ready, Lord. We're ready to battle the enemy that's trying to intimidate and trying to cause the church to sit back and try to live as though there's no cause. There is a cause. And you're at the center of it, God. And that's where we're headed. contact with somebody. Maybe there's somebody you haven't seen in a while that you want to sing this to, but let's go out blessing each other and blessing our city today. Lord bless you. upon you and a thousand generations 
and your family and your children and their children and their children and your coming and your going and your weeping and rejoicing God is for you God is for you let's try that again and you're coming and you're going in your coming in your going in your weeping and rejoicing God is for you God is for you God is for you Shane do you love me for doing this to you and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing God is for you God is for you God is for you in the morning in the morning in the evening in your coming in your going in your weeping and rejoicing God is for you God is for you in the morning in the evening in your coming in your going in your weeping and rejoicing Get your kids. Don't forget them up there.